welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have Thomas Tomas Bischoff from Head. Now tell me your exact title. Yes, I'm uh, first of all welcome and uh, great to meet you here. I'm uh, Director of Pro Player and uh, Product Test Management okay. at Head Sport. Now that we're going to have to break that down because you have one of those jobs that I think is like a dream job for anyone that's a tennis geek out there. So what exactly You're are sure? you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, it seems fun. Yes, no, it's great. I mean, uh, the part of pro player, I'm in charge of uh, all the contracts on a global base. Uh, of course, handle all the players and uh, dealing with management and all this stuff. It's a, it's a dream job. Yes, dream it's job. nice. A little high maintenance at times. It's uh, 24-7 sometimes, yes. Uh, but on the other hand, also, I'm in charge of the whole uh, junior program. So we have uh, like 2,500 juniors under contract wow. uh, worldwide. So I'm connected to all our units, uh, scouting our, all my network through scouts to sign uh, hopefully the next champion as well and then in, on the product test management i'm head of uh, all the tennis equipment test okay procedures okay. now i want to hear about your background in tennis i know you've lived quite the tennis life up until now so how did you get started and talk to me yes. i heard that you played on the atp so i want to hear a little yes. bit about that as well well uh I grew up next to a tennis court, of course. Okay. So I started to play tennis at seven. I, I had my dream to become a tennis player, a tennis pro. Uh, with uh, 14 years of age, I went to Vienna. Okay. Uh, I went to the National Center, was part of the team with quite a nice uh, teammates like Muster and Skov and nice. Antonich. So it was great. Unfortunately, I had some issues with my body all the time. Mm -hmm some joints problems, uh, knee problems and all this stuff. But still, I started to become professional. Due to financial thing, I was not able to travel too much by plane. So I, I bought my own caravan and, nice. and uh, yes, and uh, traveled throughout Europe. I had a lot of fun. That sounds fun. It was fun. It was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> too fun? Maybe, <laughs> too maybe, much fun? Is that for another uh, podcast? Yes. Maybe <laughs> I was not 100% 100%, 100% committed to be a, a top, top player. And then in the age of 23, I had to stop because of a heavy meningitis. Okay. So I'm happy to be here and yeah. I'm, I'm healthy and that's great. So when you stopped, did you think that you would always stay in the tennis industry or did you were you ever considering leaving tennis behind and trying something else? No, I, I love tennis, yeah. of course, and uh, I love kids. So it was, was very clear for me that I like to, to develop kids in tennis and I, li I like to discuss and, and look into biomechanic. So if you want to teach kids tennis, you need to know how and what you have to do or right. what you have to look at. So it, for me, it was very clear that I stay in tennis. Nice. And I think I heard that you also had started an academy and worked a lot. Yes. So then I started to do all my licenses, uh, coach licenses, A and B in Austria. I went to the Austrian Federation, to the local federation. And uh, it was great fun, you know, like having uh, 80 kids 
in, in, in your own academy and yeah. you just develop them and then you see the progress of technical stuff. It's, it's uh, really great. I mean, it's, it's nice. Yeah, for sure. Now, have you always been a head player? I was, well, I started with a Dunlop wooden racket. Okay. Of course, like yeah. everybody yeah. does in, in my age, so you know how old I am. <laughs> but after that, yes, I was okay. always uh, using a head racket, ex expect one, except one year I was uh, with Fökel. Okay. Because my friend from head moved to Fökel, so I, I moved with him, but I went back pretty quick after that. So then you've clearly been in the industry for a bit and you you know the head history of rackets and all of that. Talk about a little bit how the game has completely changed over the past several years and yes. how head has kept up with the changes. Well, it's it was a very interesting. I mean, the, the, the raw material is still the same the past, whatever, 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. But the head size is different, uh, the height is different, the beams are completely different, the constructions are different. Yeah. But I think the game changed a lot. Uh, it's more physical, it's, it's more about the right balance of, of power and, and, and speed and, and for sure defense. Right. I mean, we all know that defense is the most uh, important for now. Mm -hmm. But the player, the body, developed unbelievable. They work different. The fitness is completely different. The physical work is completely different. Uh, the reaction of the players are much faster than 20 years ago. So they are like more specific uh, topics they are working at. Yeah, definitely. It's yes. it's crazy to see how the game has changed. It's so fast. And we were just saying the other day, the women players are striking the ball just as hard as the guys out there, yes. it seems. Yes. So you deal with these players day in and day out, and you have them probably texting you at all hours of the night and stuff like that. What kind of demands <laughs> do you get from somebody here? Like, yes, actually. <laughs> Tell me some stories. Let's talk yes. some stories. Well, I, you know... Of course, you know that you have to be like a kind of caretaker of, of your team. Right. And this is what I like to do and I love to do. But I try to them to tell them, no WhatsApp, no Facebook. <laughs> you send me an email so I can distribute to my team too. Yeah. But of course, uh, you get WhatsApps Sunday well, night, Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of you, course you get. You probably develop a pretty close relationship with them. Yes. Yeah. I think, it, I, I think in my position... It's key to have a, a very close uh, connection Definitely. and, and uh, trustful connection. Right. And I think in, in general what, what, uh, what we do or what a manufacturer does has uh, built on, uh, on uh, trust, on, uh, you know, like trust the people if they tell me it's A, it's B, it's C mm -hmm. and uh, be very straightforward, very open. Uh, and if they trust you once, then it's quite okay. Yeah, definitely. But it's a lot of uh, challenge. So let's say you have a new player that you're working with. They haven't used head before. They're coming from a different brand. How do you start that process to figure out what the best gear and what the best racket is going to be for them? Well, for, there are two things. Uh, first of all, you have to analyze the player. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you say you try to get a reference record of that player yeah. and then you bring in your knowledge and your experience over the past 15 years. If this is really what he should use, I mean, not only the, the, the brand or the record, right. it's also about the specs. Yeah. And the specs, they can 
completely change everything. And and sometimes players don't know what they use, you know. Uh, most times they don't. <laughs> That's what you said, yes. <laughs> so most of the time they don't know what they use, they don't know their weight, they don't know the balance, they don't know the swing weight, they don't know, they just, oh, what, what, what is swing weight, you know. It's getting better. Yeah. But, uh, and then you have to give them options. Uh, if we get a new player, we try to... We try to find out his the way he is thinking about the rackets. Mm -hmm. So we give him a soft one, a, a stiffer one, and and sometimes they go vice versa. You know, like this. Right. It is a stiff one, but they're telling me it's a soft one. So then you have to understand what what they think about what is, you know, just the the wording is very important. And the biggest challenge is to to transfer his feedback into a racket. Okay. That's not an easy one. Not at all. Not at all. So how many rackets will you give a player at a time to play test? Or does it depend on the player? It's depending on the player. Okay. Some players, they ask only for four. Uh -huh. But if we do a real big one, like if we really want to sign a big guy, mm -hmm. then we go up to 30 play, up to 30 rackets. Oh, wow. Yes. And how long do you, they normally take with these rackets? Is it a week? Is it a whole off-season? No. In the, in the beginning, is like... You hit with all these records, like five minutes each, ten minutes. The player, they can tell you right away, oh, this is completely out, right. but this is in. So you try to cut down to eight, five to eight records. Okay. And then you start, on the second day, you go for another, like, final three records. Mm -hmm. And then you do a real play test on court with radar, with TV, you know, you know like with cameras. Mm -hmm. And you try to find out outcome of the ball, the, the measurements of the ball, the heaviness of the ball, the speed. Yeah. Because sometimes you feel it's slow, but it's fast. And right. sometimes you have you feel like it's fast, but it's not fast. So it's all about get into the player's mind as well and to offer him several options. Yes. Now, so. what if a player has a couple options and the racket that they think they love is not really the racket they play well with? I mean, I've had that instance where I'm hitting yes. and, oh, I like this racket because it's fun to hit with, but it's probably not the smartest yes. racket for me to play with. What yes. happens in those cases? Well, if if the player is already using a head racket, mm -hmm. then it's it's easy because he has a fallback plan. Okay. So there's a plan B. Right. You know, it's no problem. But in the end, it's the player's call. Yeah. Uh, we can... We can give them written reports and say, listen, we should. We think you should go with this. But in the end, it's your call. He has to trust himself first. Yeah, so they are ultimately going to make yes. that decision. Yes, they have to. Now let's talk a little bit about string setups, because when you're playtesting, you probably should have a consistent string setup in each of these rackets. Is that how they normally playtest their gear? Yes, uh, if you get a new player in, they should continue with their old, their old string. Setup. Mm -hmm. because you cannot change everything in once unless the player wants to. And that's what I was going to ask so also. If you... the player wants, yeah. you know, if the player is ready, we have this discussion every year a few times, you know, like player is coming in, oh, I want to test track. I said, are you really open-minded? Yeah. <laughs> they go all the way, yes or no, yes. Okay, so then we guide him through. Right. And it's the same for record, it's the same for strings. Uh, and then you have to f just go through all this things, you know, like half a pound up, half a pound down, this pulley or this pulley and uh, this hybrid or not right. rough and regular <laughs> one. So, but it's about guiding 
guiding the player through the process. Guiding with patience, probably. Yes, yes. <laughs> Lots of patience. Yes. Now, do you have any specific stories you can tell us about any of the players? <laughs> Someone that might be a little more challenging to work with, some fun stories like that? Of course. I mean, we have players, you know, some players, oh, not some, but there is one or two players, they believe that if you hit with this side of the racket, it's different than with the other side right. of the racket. And, uh, and okay, we have to accept his uh, feeling, his mm -hmm. uh, feedback. We just have to take it, you know, we, we can't convince him. And even if you give him 10 records uh, from A to Z, the same, made it at the same day, customized the same way, everything the same. Yeah. But if he says two are bad, Okay, we have to we have to accept, but yeah. it, it is like it is. Yes. Yeah. Player is the king. Yeah. <laughs> now, who's the most dialed in with what they like and what they don't like? Who knows their spec? Who's really geeked out on it? I mean, uh, Fernando is he's very into it. He's into it. He yeah. knows. Uh, he knows every. I mean, he knows everything about his racket. That's awesome. And when we give them reports, we also tell them everything. You know, like. We tell them if they want to see the layup, they can see the layup, right. no problem. But he's really into it. And, and some players, they, they think they feel half a gram, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But for example, if you play one tournament, you lose half a gram just touching the the, the ground right. by slicing, for yeah. example. So it you, messes you, a, yes. Yeah, it can mess up yes. the whole swing weight. Yes. So it's, it's a lot, but it's nothing. Right. For them, it's a lot. <laughs> now, are they playtesting blacked out rackets or do they have cosmetics on them? Depends. Okay. Depends on, uh, due to the fact that we have a small production in Austria. Okay. We are very lucky with that. We can, many times we give out blacked out racket, just prototypes, you know, just to get feedback. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we really love to develop rackets never played before. And then this is a perfect uh, moment to, to get feedback for such developments. That's cool. So yeah, yes. how involved do, is their feedback for upcoming rackets and your feedback also? Yes. For example, the young generation, they are, they are more back to smaller head sizes mm -hmm. now. They are back to 18, 20 or yeah. 18, 19 string pattern. Like 10 years ago, everybody was, I mean, they tried to play 16, 19 right. and a little bit bigger, a little bit faster. But now they, they are physical. They are so strong. Mm -hmm. They are so strong. So they control with their body power, the speed of, of the ball many times. So... It's about heaviness, yes, but it's very interesting to, to come up with uh, prototypes. Right. We know exactly what we did. We think we know how it feels, but if they're just on a different level. So it's tough for us to test that level. So we need to ask players to give us that feedback. Yeah, maybe you can talk about that, how the changes in the game on the pro level have started to affect the changes of the game for a country club player. For sure. Yeah. I mean, a few years back, we had this counterweight balance uh, program, mm -hmm. which was very good, but was not working for everybody. So because you need certain uh, weight in your racket, did the uh, transition from head heavy to grip heavy is a very, very important thing. But nowadays, I think there are so many good rackets out there. Yeah. I think it's just about cosmetic, how I like the design, how I like the player behind the racket. Uh, but you know, you have easy playing rackets for everybody. 
but of course you have a lot of also demanding records like you have yeah. to hit the center uh, prestige you have to hit with control but you get everything uh, if you hit in the center yes right you guys have done a really good job of creating rackets that um, there is an option for every level so I think that's pretty cool too yes I think I mean we have to <laughs> in, the <Yeah>. end, <laughs> in the end we have to sell rackets that's our main goal that's why we sign players that's yeah. why we do promotion and commercials so in the end it's it's uh, all about also getting it in every, uh, everyone's hands yes Exactly. Now, what are some common complaints that you get and how often does a player look to switch their gear? Well, the top players, for sure. I mean, the top players like Novak uh, or Sasha, they are using between 60 and 80 rackets a year. Okay. And uh, are they changing their spec through the year or no, they're generally Okay. They're, Novak made one very minor change two years back when okay. he was with Agassi. But not big Can you tell us for what us, the change was? For us, not big, you know, but for him was maybe big. Yeah. For sure it was big for him. A little weight change or? Uh, like two grams different, okay. <laughs> one and a half millimeter longer. Uh -huh. It's not, you know, a normal, a normal club things. player, he does not even recognize. Yeah. But he feels when you go full swing, you know, you, you just, you feel one and a half grams. Yeah, yeah at sure. his level and his perfection. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, but in general, they, they and the juniors they spend about four, 24 rackets a year. So when they change surface, okay. you know, like cross court, clay court, hard court, so they. Is there a certain racket that you're seeing more popular amongst the juniors with the head brands, uh, the head family of rackets? Yes, of course. First of all, the 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 racket itself has to be a good product. Right. No doubt. And then now, of course, after so many years, Novak being on top, we can easily feel and recognize that a lot of juniors are following the speed because he's just a great testimonial. And uh, yeah. I mean, he's a fantastic player. For me, <laughs> best in history, <laughs> of course. But uh, yes, you can feel the impact of Novak. No doubt, and if you see the players even now, it always takes a few years mm -hmm. when you come in, introduce a record to the market. It takes a few years that you can see the impact. Uh, but on the other hand, also you can see Andy's impact on the radical, or mm -hmm. even from Agassi that time with the radical. Also now we try to have a, also a big impact with the uh, gravity racket and mm -hmm. Sasha. Yeah, it's the first time ever we have a racket with two different colors, so it's not easy because some players are you know like I can't play. I need always the red or always the green color <laughs> in my eyes. So it's a it's about a visual thing. Right. But uh, it it's an impact, and Sasha has a, a good market behind him in Germany. So it's. Uh, I think, or we are convinced that this will work as well. Now, what are some of the demands you're seeing on tour come up? Uh, what are some of the changes that we're starting to see maybe? I know some people are talking about smaller grip sizes. We talk about weight. Some people are going to a lower weight so they can swing faster. What are you seeing on your end? Yes, I mean, the grip sizes definitely are smaller than like 10, yeah. 15 years back. Yeah. That time everybody played grip three or more. Mm -hmm. Now sometimes they play two, two and two over grips or three plus one over grip. But definitely there's a change in, in the grip size. Weight, I think the heavy, the, the player with heavy, heavy rackets like Burdick, uh, they are not there anymore. 
so the, the players are more like uh, you get 315, 320, 325 mm -hmm. grams maximum. But the swing weight also is not too high anymore. So okay. they try to swing their rackets with their power. Uh, even though the balls became heavier and the court's a bit slower, right. but they still, they are there and they want to hit whatever they're able to hit with. Yeah. So they use their power to generate the speed. Now, do you see a big difference between the female players and the male players on their specs and all that? Yes, yeah. for sure. The female players most likely are close around 300, okay. 305 swing weight mm -hmm. and lower weight, 300, 305. But it's normal. I yeah, mean, it's, yeah. It's very clear. And they use, most of them are using 16, 19. That's what I was going to ask as well. To get a little bit more help from the, the racket and the strings. And, but, but even they, they are fitter than a few years back. Huh? Yeah. So they're working hard to, to be ready. And you've got some great ladies under the head brand. Talk about that and their influence, because I know we've got Novak. It's hard to ignore how good he is. But let, what about on the women's side? Is Bianca generating yes. some more interest on the ladies? I mean, we have, we have to be very fair and honest. We were focused more on the men's tennis because they are driving more sales mm -hmm. in general. Yeah. We had a great time with Maria. Uh, I'm very happy for her that she has now... Uh, open a new chapter, yes. Yeah. But uh, we signed a couple of young players a few years back, and all of, I mean, all, almost all of them are on top now. Ash, number one, uh, Bianca, number four, then we have uh, Muchova, we have Stevens, uh, uh, Sloan, and then Coco, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, the team on the WTA side is great for us. Right. We don't focus on 20 and 30 players, but we have quite good for the moment. We are happy with the players we have. Nice. And they're all nice characters, important characters. Yeah, really good, good, good people, it seems. Yes. Maybe you could talk to us a little bit. I'm curious about Coco and Ash. They both seem amazing. Coco's so young, but so put together. How has it been working with her? Unbelievable. I yeah. mean, she's just so... I hope she will uh, remain the same. Uh, she handles the pressure. Unbelievable for her age. It's, it's just fantastic. She has a great team around her, and I think that's, that's a key for the future anyway. So the better the team around the players, the more protection the players get, the better for the players. It's not an easy life out there. You no. know, like a lot of sharks and a lot of uh, impacts. Uh, you know, the media, this and this, and, and then you are a star, but actually you are a kid. Yeah. It's not easy to handle, but so far they did a great job. And that's yeah. very, very important. You it's know, You can lose momentum in a minute. And how about Ash? She seems like such a sweetheart. Is she, she is, that great in person? I mean, she's so down to earth and she's so humble. She's great, you know. She went through different uh, areas in her life, which made her what she is now. Mm -hmm. But I mean, she's, she's very easy to work with and she's a great tennis player. Yeah. I love her skills. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I love to say when they know how to handle the ball, how to, to use the ball, 
inside out slice and all this stuff is great. I yeah, love she's it. got good hands. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is she pretty dialed in with her spec as well? I feel like she would kind of nerd out a little bit, maybe. No, she's quite regular. Yeah, it's nothing, nothing special. Okay. No, nothing. All the same range, three fifteen. Okay. Three ten, swing weight three hundred, three oh five. Nice. Not a big difference. Okay, nice. Now, do you have any up-and-coming junior players that you can give us a sneak peek? Might be the next big thing coming? <laughs> it's not easy, but uh, <laughs> of course. I mean, if you look into the 17- and 18-year-old boy, uh, we have a couple of young players there. Yannick Sinner. Yeah. Uh, Yannick Sinner is, I think, he has a great future, but it's also uh, very critical time now. You know, you jump into top 80, top 90, now you have to prove. It will go up and down for sure, mm -hmm. you know, but he has also a good team around him. Very routine guy like Ricardo and, and these guys are professionals too. Right. So it's not their first player they know how to deal with. But then also on the 17, 18 years, you have his Foraitek, uh, Musetti, mm -hmm. uh, Popirin. We have a quite young team actually and uh, I'm very happy for that. Yeah. We have like uh, eight players below 23 in, of age in the top 100. And recently we signed a young Swiss girl, uh, age 12. What? Yes. <laughs> it's the Dang. youngest ever. Wow. The youngest ever and uh, I hope she will make all the way up. Maybe follow in another Swiss fire. Maybe we can talk in a few years about her. Yeah, that would no, be awesome. No, it's very interesting. And this is the way, you know, like it's, you invest some money, but it's just like, it's like casino. She's 12 too. But, but <laughs> it's yes, hard to know. It's very tough. But she has something special. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You can already see it. It's finger crossed. Okay. In a couple of years, we'll do yes. another podcast yes. here and have her join us. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you get yeah. to travel a bunch to go to all these tournaments and connect with the players? Yes. I mean, uh, of course we have to travel. Yeah. We travel about 100, 110 days. Okay. Uh, we travel to some junior tournaments, all the Grand Slams, some mm -hmm. Master 1000, some combined events. It's easier for us, like Rome and Madrid and mm -hmm. all this stuff. Yeah. It's, it's easier to, to get all the players. But 110 days, more than enough. That's, that's a lot. More than enough. <laughs> yes. What's your favorite spot? I know that's a cliche question, but you've got to have a couple favorites. I love Melbourne. Okay. I love Melbourne. From the Grand, I think it's the best Grand Slam, to be honest at least for the manufacturers. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rome, I love Rome. The tournament in Rome is fantastic. Yeah. And Monte Carlo. Uh, who everyone does, always says who, that. Who, who does not like Monte Carlo? <laughs> Especially I was living there for a few years when I was coaching, so it's like my second home. Okay. That's nice. I mean, all the tournaments are quite okay. Yeah, yeah. Even here, I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's beautiful. You know? beautiful. <laughs> it's a bit long to fly in. 12 hours is a lot for us, Yeah, but it's nice. Yeah, Once you're here, it's okay. Yeah, you got to settle in, put <laughs> yes. on that sunscreen and just yes, enjoy. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Very cool. Now, what is some of the most challenging parts of your job? Do you have any days where you're like, oh, that's, that was tough, that was rough. I don't, that's the hard part of my, my job. I mean, it's always tough when, when everywhere, if, if you sign a contract or if you try to sign a contract, you have expectations everywhere. Mm -hmm. So the manager has to sell the next world-class top player to us. I have to tell him that he has no clue. <laughs> 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 or, or does he, he does not know the market. Uh, 
which is not easy for them as well, because if they are thinking about apparel or, mm -hmm. or whatever, they, you know, an, a US player, of course, but we are counting and we are, we have just to think in sales and how many records can a player with 14 sell for us. So, right. so that's, that's a little bit the, the topic, topic. And if you can't move forward because everybody is stubborn, like we are here and they are here, mm -hmm. you have to get closer, you have to find solutions. And that's sometimes tough, you know, like, but it's normal, it's normal. It's like, it's part of the job. Right. It's like everybody has some... There's always a pain point, right? Yes, downside, upside. So what's the upside? Tell us what well, the, the good Well, the upside parts. is that actually that the longer you are in this in this position, the longer you know who is coming in and who is leaving, and you say, okay, listen, I had this before, I, I do it this way, or we, we're going to solve it this way, you know. But in the end, it's nice I have a, in our company, which is only 20 minutes by car from my home. Okay. It's great. So yeah. I have very nice board uh, members, so we have the same goals. We have to fight for budget, of course, but in the end, it's very, very calm, you know, like you can do your job, that's it. Yeah, easy, no drama. <laughs> no dramas. Now, is there a player that you picked out when they were younger that no one else believed in and has now become famous, popular? Well, it's, um, it's yes, of course. I signed Sasha when he was uh, 12 and a half. Wow. It was a funny story, actually. I was working in Melbourne, Court 22, playtesting a record with Misha. Okay. And the little Sasha, like this. He was there and said, can I get records as well? I said, how many you need? I said, six. Okay, but then I said, okay, uh, let's go on court. I need to feel your ball, you know? Yeah. So I was playing with him. And this was the start of, like, uh, six months later, we signed a contract and we delivered him like a pro, you know, we, we served him a few records and all this stuff. And actually, we have him on, on our team already almost 10 years. Wow. <laughs> and the same was with Ash, actually. Ash, uh, she was already using head, but internationally we signed her with 13. And that's a funny story, you know, when you, when you really sign them very young. Mm -hmm. You see them, Yannick Sinner, the same. So, yeah. Yes, I was lucky. Uh, let's Maybe go luck. back. Yeah, <laughs> you Maybe could eat It seems like you've got an eye. <laughs> Maybe it's luck. <laughs> with Ash, when she put the rackets down for a bit, what happened with you guys? Did she just say, hey, I'm going to stop playing and yes. maybe I'll come back? Did you know if she would come back? No, but we just had a gentleman's agreement and okay. said, listen, whenever you need stuff, we are there for waiting for you. If you come back, talk to us, mm -hmm. of course, firstly. And yes, this is what happened. Uh, so one day we got a call, I'm going to come back. Are you ready? And I, we are ready. <laughs> <laughs> Always ready. <laughs> But uh, yes, we have to, you know, it's normal. Yeah. And as we, we talked before, for young kids, it's not easy to, to be in this world. Right. Everybody is serving you, everything is organized. I get transportation, I get this, I get free food, I get five-star hotels, you know, like <laughs> everything uh, is not easy. No. No. 
now can you believe how quickly she came back and how much success she had right off the bat? It's unbelievable. It's crazy. I mean, she will be staying there for sure a couple of more years. Yeah. 100%. If she continue playing tennis. Do you think it's a lot to do with her just having a mental break or you think she came back really strong and was ready to go training wise? And uh, I think the mental break for sure helped her mm -hmm. and to find her way of how to deal with stuff, you know, like how to handle this and that. So I think there is no, if she stays healthy, there is no reason yeah. falling out of 10. For sure. No reason. Yeah. And she's a good one to want yes. to do well. Yes. Now, what racket do you use? Are you still hitting a lot? Or? Of course. Yeah, what's your current racket of choice? Now I'm Gravity S. Whoa, okay. Yes. <laughs> Getting older. <laughs> nice and quick, fast through the air. Easy. Yeah, you know, easy. Good control. Yeah. So, what did you? What, what are you playing uh, with? So, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if you've been watching any of our videos lately, but I've been hitting with a certain prestige a lot oh. lately. The prestige the new pro, one. The new yeah, one. the yes. new one. I love the red cosmetic, yes. and that racket just feels nice. Very it's easy. so stable off the ground, and anytime someone hits big, I can just you go like accelerate. This. Yes. Yeah, because I'm someone that likes a heavier racket a heavier swing weight but i'm starting to get older also <laughs> yes. so i need something a little faster off the ground it plays nice and stable i'm loving it to be honest i like the s for now but of course due to testing right. I, I i know all these all rackets. Of them. i like a, i need a good touch and a good control yeah know, that's what i need and easy and what did you use as a player? Prestige. Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> I knew that before even asking. Prestige. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. That racket is everyone's favorite. In that area, everybody was using. I mean, I loved uh, Prestige. So good. <laughs> Perfection. <laughs> uh, maybe we can talk a little bit more about the Gravity because it was it's the newest member of the Head family. Yes. How did that all come about? Well, you, you know, we have a couple of silos and uh, we we always have to find a way or a racket family which is not in our portfolio. Mm -hmm. So this was, the idea behind was very simple, easy playing racket, lollipop shape, a shape and a couple of good takedowns with a little bit more power mm -hmm. on, on the lower level like the S. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then, but the mo one of the most critical thing was the cosmetic, of course, right. because if you come up with such an idea, it's first of all, it's very tough to produce. It's not easy to produce two plain colors right. on each side. And then you have to convince a player to use it. Otherwise it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, so the performance of the record was, was quite an easy process. Mm -hmm. uh, but then to convince the Sasha to start with it, was not that easy. No. <laughs> He's not complicated, uh, but still you have to manage two colors. Was he the, did he want the two colors or? Yes, okay, yes. he wanted yes. that, he liked that. Well, we gave him some proposal and then he said, oh, that's cool, let's do okay. this. Okay, that's cool. And so and that was great for us, of yeah. course. You, you know, you, you try to manipulate his decision, but we did not. Actually, it was really his call with two different colors, but we, we 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 were lucky that he said yeah no problem, so he's very very easygoing. Yeah, 
And everyone's loving that series of rackets. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It's, it's different. It's different, which is something we need in tennis. Yes, we I need. Think. It's not easy <laughs> to come no. up with new stuff. Swimming upstream. Yes. No, Do we have any sneak peeks of what's to come from Head? I know the Radical's eventually getting updated, I would assume. Yes. Do you have players helping with new models that are coming? We did testing with players as well. The new radical will be a completely new mold. Oh, oh wow! Yes, okay. it will be a completely new mold. Very nice to play with. Nice. Uh, we will have a new member at a uh, extreme family. I think we hit some prototypes of that racket. Really? Yeah. And we're excited. I don't know how much we can talk about it, but we're excited about the new one. member of the racket family. And uh, of course, in 2022. There will be some news out there, but not ready yet. Yeah. Not ready yet. So still just creating new things. Creating, always moving forward. Moving forward. Always. Keep pushing that brand forward. Try to be better. Yeah. You know, like develop yourself. It's like, it's like a player. Exactly. Always try to find two, five percent here and there to become a better brand. Yeah. And what are you most excited about looking forward? The new silo, maybe, or the new racket. Let's talk like this. The new racket and will be very interesting. Okay. What else? What else have we not covered? Uh, what else think, do you want to tell us? I think we have pretty much all. <laughs> Any other like good stories about players? Give uh, us some dirt. <laughs> <laughs> One of my very funny stories in the beginning was when Marat gave me a call and said, Thomas, I need records. I said, I just send you 10 or 12. <laughs> yeah, but I forgot them at the check-in counter in, uh, in Moscow. Oh, no. And from Moscow, you're not allowed that the, the pilot or whoever from the next plane may take the records. Oh, no. So he dropped the record at the check-in counter and just forgot them. So we had to deliver. We had to fly over, deliver. No 24, way. Well, like 48 hours service. But, you know, sometimes happens like this. At least he didn't break them all. <laughs> he, did, he, did, he did not break them all, but he, he broke quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> he, he broke quite a bit. And uh, when he, he finished his career, he's a great snowboarder. Oh, okay. Yes, and as we do skis as well, right. we, we came up with a snowboard for him. No way. And the cover, how do you say cover? Uh-huh. We made like broken records in there, and then <laughs> the number of the records he he spent over the twelve years he was with us, you know, like quite a lot. To be oh, there's a few. <laughs> quite a lot. So he was like, "No way! I did not spend so many records." Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> but you always have these funny stories, you know, like they forget their strings at home. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like this, you know, like. Yeah. Like really? <laughs> like this, okay. Yeah. Let's organize somehow. That's that's our job too. Now, do you stay close with these players that are no longer on tour? Someone like Asafin, or does yeah. he still play and probably still uses head rackets? Some of them, yes. Yeah. I mean, we have a long relationship, and uh, you know, you talk to Marat, you go out for dinner, and uh, Muster, and all these guys. That's cool. It's my age, so <laughs> so it's nice to meet them. And a lot of coaches actually have been players before. So, oh, yeah. So we know quite a lot of people around and always good to meet them again. Yeah, that's yes. awesome. 
Any other fun stories you want to share? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to keep pulling them out. <laughs> Can we get around to gin and tonics? <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, well, not really. No? <laughs> not really. I totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are some that you cannot share. <laughs> some I'm not allowed to. That's uh, uh, okay. <laughs> it's still on. <laughs> yeah, still recording. <laughs> well, thank uh, you so much for joining us. We're yeah, super excited. You. We're out here at Indian Wells. It's going to be an amazing week. Yes. And it sounds For like sure. you have some fun shoots lined up with the head players. That will be awesome to watch too. We have a very busy days, very busy days until Friday, and then we enjoy the tournament. Until the next one. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us on Talk Tennis. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>